0: k
1: News. It's one o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines. As figures show the mainland's economy contracting on a quarter-quarter basis, officials in Beijing warn of more challenges ahead. There's a call for higher penalties for COVID patients who failed to isolate at home as new electronic wristbands are dished out. And a former observatory chief says it's time for pampered Hong Kongers to turn off the air conditioning for the good of the planet. Official figures show that economic growth on the mainland slowed to 0.4% year-on-year for the second quarter. On a quarter-to-quarter basis, the world's second-largest economy shrank 2.6%. The largest data covers a period in which COVID lockdowns were implemented in areas of cities, including Beijing and the financial hub Shanghai. Speaking through an interpreter, a spokesman from the National Bureau of Statistics, Fu Linghui, warned of more challenges ahead. We should be aware that the foundation of stable economic recovery is yet to be consolidated due to external and internal factors. Shrinking demand intertwines with disruptive supply structural problems combined with cyclical problems, and market entities still face difficulties. Societe Generale's Chief eco- Economist for Asia-Pacific Wei Yao says she believes Beijing's target of 5.5% growth for the year has become a mission impossible.
0: It's a backward-looking data, right? So I guess uh, what's more meaningful is it's the June activity data, which all showed you know, a bit of faster pace of recovery. But nevertheless, with this 0.4% year-on-year growth in Q2, achieving 5.5 percent target by the government is completely a mission impossible now even four percent is going to be almost impossible and three percent requires a significant recovery in the second half
1: Officials are today beginning to hand out electronic wristbands to people who report positive COVID tests to ensure that they isolate at home. A professor of engineering says stricter penalties may ensure proper usage of the new bracelets. William Wong from the Faculty of Engineering at the Chinese University was involved in distributing similar wristbands used two years ago for inbound travelers. He told RTHK that some elderly people or those with inadequate Wi-Fi at home experience difficulties using the devices. He also said the system relied on trust.
0: The operation depends a lot on trust. Some of these people are not really trustworthy. They are not actually following the requirements and then they walk out and that was causing the trouble. I think what they try to do now is to make it stricter. If you were caught then you probably get heavy fines. And then some of the people, they do not know how to operate the
1: thing. So we have to help them to start the device. So uh, I think one of the problems is usability because there are many elderly people around. There are also people in the households where they do not have enough Wi Fi facilities around. The court of final appeal has overturned the conviction of a man who was jailed for five and a half months after being caught. carrying zip ties near the venue of a district council election rally in 2019. Chan Chun Kit had been found guilty of possessing an instrument fit for unlawful purposes. The Court of Appeal had upheld his conviction, but the SAR's top court ruled that the ties do not fall within the scope of the law under which the appellant was charged. The judges therefore unanimously overturned the conviction and sentence. A former director of the observatory has urged the Hong Kong people to try to wean themselves off using air conditioning as he warned that temperatures would rise further. Lam Chu Ying said a recent run of three consecutive days with temperatures of about 35 degrees was only the third ever recorded here. He told RTHK's Backchat program that air conditioning is bad for the environment and that people have become too pampered
0: have to get its acts together. We, we, we have to collectively establish a new paradigm of living. Please don't switch on the air conditioning anytime you like. 90% of the electricity is used in buildings and something like 70% of the electricity is used for air conditioning. So if we could train ourselves and reduce the use of air conditioning, we will be giving a great help to the decarbonisation campaign the government is trying to organise.
1: The Foreign Ministry in Singapore says that Godabaya Rajapaksa, who's resigned as President of Sri Lanka, has not asked for asylum there and was granted entry as a guest. Mr Rajapaksa flew to Singapore from the Maldives yesterday and sent his promised letter of resignation shortly after arriving. Taraka Balasriya is a member of Parliament for the Rajapaksa's SLPP party and a former Foreign Affairs Minister. He says Parliament has a lot of work ahead of it to stabilize the situation.
0: We have to realize the fact that there was a revolution, a soft revolution. We need to be thankful that, you know, not too many people died, but it can still deteriorate. So it's the responsibility of the parliament to understand the sentiments of the people and then bring legislative changes in line with the uh, sentiments of the people. We need to talk with the protesters and then maybe forward a new constitution and then go for election.
1: Demonstrators poured into the streets of the capital, Colombo, in defiance of a curfew to celebrate Mr. Rajapaksa leaving office.
0: There's victory, but there's also relief. Uh, many of us have spent countless
1: nights here for this movement to sustain, to be a platform for the people's voice. We are beyond happy, but also beyond relief, so that we can take a break from all of this. There's political uncertainty in Italy after the Prime Minister Mario Draghi tendered his resignation only to have it rejected by President Sergio Mattarella. Mr. Draghi said he was no longer able to continue in office after losing the support of the Five Star Movement, a key part- party in the governing coalition. But Mr. Mattarella has instead proposed that Mr. Draghi address Parliament to provide a clear picture of the political situation. Earlier, Mr. Draghi survived a confidence vote in the Senate, but without the backing of Five Star. The United Nations says it's tackling sexual harassment in a male-dominated culture within its ranks. Last month, a BBC documentary detailed allegations of sexual abuse, misogyny and mismanagement, ignoring wrongdoing there. A spokesman for the Secretary-General, Stefan Duchark, said the UN is committed to improving its culture and has nothing to hide from those who want to look into its operations. People are not punished for speaking out and complaining. Like any organization, whether in the private sector, in the government, in the media, we're all trying to improve our culture. And that is something the Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, has done from day one in office to ensure that people can come forward and will feel protected. But Porna Send, the former UN Women's Lead on Sexual Harassment, who spoke out against the organization, warned it wasn't enough. Stefan Ziziarik spoke saying that the SG has done everything he can, which is slightly concerning, because at this time there is still a lot more to be done. If the harassment continues, if adverse consequences for speaking about corruption are ongoing, then clearly there is a lot more to be done. And I feel very clearly that if it's done from the SG only, from the very top levels, then they're missing the input of those who've been on the front lines. Ukrainian officials say 23 people have been killed in a Russian missile strike that hit a city southwest of Kyiv, far from the front line of the fighting. Dozens of others have been injured following the attack on Vinitsia, and over 30 are unaccounted for. In his nightly address, President Volodymyr Zelensky condemned the attack. This day has once again proved that Russia must be officially recognized as a terrorist state. No other state in the world poses such a terrorist threat as Russia. No other state in the world allows itself to destroy peaceful cities and ordinary human life with cruise missiles and rocket artillery. Ivana Trump, the first wife of the former U.S. President Donald Trump, has died, age 73. Born in Czechoslovakia, Ivana Trump became a fashion model designer and businesswoman. She married Mr. Trump in 1977, and they divorced 15 years later. They had three children together, Donald Jr., Ivanka, and Eric. She spoke to ABC News in 2017 about raising them with Mr. Trump. I was very strict, but I was loving. I loved my kids. Don was on the telephone making the deals. He was loving father, don't get me wrong, and he was a good provider. But he was not a father who would take a stroller and go to the Central Park. It was only until they were about 18 years old he could communicate with them because he could start to talk business with them. In financial news, the chief executive of the oil and gas giant Shell has warned that Europe may have to ration energy this winter because of Russia limiting supplies of gas. Ben Van Burden said, told a conference in Britain that the continent faces a really tough few months. The BBC's Simon Jack reports. Shell's chief executive said that some countries would fare better than others, but we would all be facing a very significant escalation in energy prices,
0: and in the worst case, Europe would need to ration its energy consumption. One of the key pipelines from Russia to Europe has been closed by Moscow for supposed summer maintenance, but there are fears about when it will reopen, if at all. Germany and Italy have already said they may divert gas supplies from businesses to consumers and the French President
1: Emmanuel Macron said today it was clear the Kremlin intended to use gas as a weapon of war. Currencies, the U.S. dollar is trading at 138.97 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar exactly. The pound gets you nine Hong Kong dollars and 28 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,500, 250 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at 66 billion dollars. To sport and the 150th Open Golf Championship is about to resume with round two at St. Andrews. Cameron Young holds an early two-shot lead after an opening score of eight under par 64. The American is happy to be out in front. We did a good job sticking to our plan. I mean, I kind of went over my artist book a lot last night and saw the pins and, you know, tried to plan out my day and I think it went relatively well. <laughs>
0: relatively well is one yeah. way to put it. Was it one of those rounds where you felt like everything was just clicking?
1: No, it wasn't. Um, I think I happened to hit some wedges close. And I'm pretty sure I hit it in zero bunkers. Um, but yeah, I think it was a combination of a lot of smart shots. And a bunch of good ones. But it wasn't a day that I felt like I just had control over everything that happened. Um, I still had to work a lot at it. And I think I did a really good job mentally kind of thinking my way around and, and managing kind of the unknowns out there. Northern Ireland's four-time major winner Rory McIlroy is two shots behind and says he isn't getting too carried away. I'm six under for the tournament, that's all. I mean, whether there's one guy ahead of me or five guys or whatever it is, it's it's a great start to the tournament for me. And it, it's only Thursday, so you know I've got myself right up there at the start, which is nice, but... You now, I need to go out tomorrow and um, back it up. Next to football, France held on to beat Belgium 2 1 to book their place in the quarterfinals of the Women's European Championship. The BBC's Julia Farrington was at the game. It's finished 2 1 to France, so there through to the last eight. Lots of VAR tonight here in Rotherham. It was a blistering start from the French who took the lead after six minutes and were flying until Belgium brilliantly worked an equaliser from nowhere. It was their first effort. It came nine minutes before half-time. However, five minutes later, the goal advantage was restored by France, and that's how it remained. They held on to win the group. So France through to the last eight. Liverpool boss Jürgen Klopp has given his backing to new signing Darwin Núñez after an underwhelming debut in the team's four-nil pre-season defeat to Manchester United. The Uruguayan joined from Benfica for one hundred million US dollars earlier this summer. Klopp says he'll help the striker adjust to the team.
0: So the Liverpool support on the whole world, so and they should know now after a while that new players need time and get time. And we should be the first, all Liverpool supporters on this planet, the first one who just delete the the fee we paid. Just delete it. It's not important. Now a boy from us, and now we do absolutely everything to not only see the things we saw from him at at Benfica. No, from there we go. This is the basis. And again, it's my responsibility to help Darwin that he can fulfil his full potential.
1: England's cricketers have leveled their one-day international series with India. The hosts took the second match by 100 runs at Lord's. More from the BBC's Eleanor Oldroyd outstanding bowling by the seamers in particular gave England a comfortable victory and squared the series at one all with one to play a partnership of 62 for the seventh wicket between Moeen Ali with 47 and David Willey with 41 helped England to a total which looked a bit below par Yusvendra Chahal of India becoming the first leg spinner since Shane Warne to take four wickets in an ODI here at headquarters but India never really got going in their run chase reese topley turning in exceptional figures of six for 24 but all of England's bowlers contributed to a brilliant bounce back from the humiliation at the Oval on Tuesday. All will be decided at Old Trafford on Sunday. And the weather. Hot apart from a few showers, sunny periods in the afternoon, mainly cloudy tonight. The outlook very hot during the weekend and next week there will be isolated showers on Saturday and Sunday. It's now 32 degrees with the humidity at 68%. The news from RTHK. This year, apart from the standard $2,000 elderly health care voucher amount, a one-off additional $1,000 voucher amount has been given. The accumulation limit has gone up to $8,000. Beyond curative services, vouchers can be used for health assessments or dental services. Elderly people, their family members, and caregivers can visit hcv.gov.hk or call 28382311 to get the list of health care service providers.